hosting for your tech life proudly provided by web central everything technology from computers to mobile phones tvs and the internet information you want all the help you need your tech life with trevor long thank you for listening thank you for downloading this is your tech life the point being if you've got a question about technology a problem with technology or just want to have a chat about anything technology in your life this is about your tech life I think that's how I came up with the name. It was a long, it was a long time ago. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you for downloading. Whatever time of day it is for you, uh, it's always lovely to have your company, and um, hopefully I can keep you informed over the uh, minutes ahead. Uh, we might make it to 40 again. You never know. You're like in a big city. We have a couple of great, great calls to talk about tonight. Um, I want to tell you about a couple of big events coming up. I want to tell you about fraud that has been committed upon this nation by a pizza company. This is, you know, this is lead story revelations. Okay? Stand by for that. Fraud. Uh, (laughs) And I want to recommend a couple of podcasts to you. I won't just recommend one. I'll recommend a couple. I'll just write them down now. Write them down now. This one here. That one there. Well, that's not going to be until the end, so you have to stick around. And we do it all thanks to the good people at Garmin, Garmin Satellite Navigation and GPS Technology. Oh, I should say, as my emails continue to roll in, if you are a tradesperson, tradie, or you know or love a tradie in your life, uh, I've got a $1,249 prize pack at EFTM.com.au. Go to the website, EFTM.com. Dot com that are you um, it's from Bosch blue uh, tradey level tools um, I would list them for you but I don't quite understand tools very much at all but if you look at the photo there's a lot of tools um, not the photo of me on the website don't be like that why do you have to be like that uh, look there's a hammer drill an impact driver a brushless rotary hammer a five inch grinder a sound box which I believe is a radio it's more my light uh, a very lead, which is an LED lamp, batteries, and all those kind of gizmos. Um, uh, it's not techie, but I just wanted to let you know because it's a prize. It's worth over twelve hundred dollars, one thousand two hundred forty-nine dollars. Uh, jump on the website eftm.com. That you find it, share it, tell your friends. We're going to keep it open for a couple of weeks. So if you want to win something, well, get into it. That's what you've got to do. Uh, Garmin.com. That are you for uh, our great sponsors. Let's get cracking on your tech life. Well, I told you it was breaking news. I told you it was a lead story. I'm, I don't know what to say about this. I think I'm upset. I'm upset that for years I've been ordering pizza and I've been tracking its progress to my home. Uh, 
and it's been a fraud. In all honesty, I've known that, but it's just a funny, funny story because some people, some people didn't know that when you when you open the Domino's app and you order a pizza and it says pizza tracker and it has this little clock that tells you whether it's leaving the oven and leaving the store and on its way and all that kind of jazz. It's just they 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 know their stuff. Okay, the um, the boss of uh, Pizza Hut, oh, sorry, Domino's in Australia, Don Mage. Um, uh, I saw him on Undercover Boss. I thought he was, it was excellent. Very, very inspirational, very good stuff. But um, he knows his stuff, and they'd they have data. They would know almost to the to the minute how long the average order takes from hitting submit to getting to your house. So basically, they they did a calculation. It was probably you know eighteen minutes, and the and the little clock just worked through order place, making order, cooking order, ready in store, delivering and complete. It was just a, a little pizza triangles um, of of progress. Now. But the revelation, and the reason it's it's becoming aware now that this is a fraud that's been committed upon Australians, is that they've actually updated the app now, because they actually have live tracking of your pizza. To be clear, it's live tracking of the pizza delivery driver. So you can now order a pizza on the app and see where it is. See how close the pizza is to coming to your door. So you've got the little you know, little slices that tell you where it's at and what says. But when it's in delivery mode, it's like calling an Uber cab. You can actually see the car on, on the map and it tells you exactly where it's going. Um, so, look, it's a fun little innovation. They've apparently been testing it um, for some months, possibly even 18 months, uh, which just shows you how, how kind of slowly, um, you know, this kind of information gets out you know that kind of information could have leaked quite easily um but anyway dominoes oh i'm gonna order a pizza not tonight it's late tomorrow night i reckon i'll order a pizza because i want to track it no not this week because it's uh being released uh, in the act and it'll be released nationally from july 1 so stand by for an app update plus they've got an apple watch uh, compatibility so you can actually see the pizza tracker on your apple watch but that's the fake one it's not the Um, let me know um, what do you think of that app. Let me know where you order pizzas from. Let me know what your favourite is. I've, I was originally a, a ham and pineapple guy. I was a very boring person. And then I've become a barbecue meat lover. And, jeez, I'm getting angry right now talking about it. Love a good barbecue meat lovers. Anyway, pizza. We all having pizza tomorrow night? I think we are. I think we're all having pizza on Wednesday night. Your Tech Life. So we have a busy month ahead, and I just wanted to kind of give you a little bit of a an overview of uh, of what's coming up. Because my gosh, um, I was kind of taken aback by um, by what's uh, what's coming up, and I thought you might be quite interested to know that uh, there's a couple of big things coming up. The first one is CES Asia, as if CES Las Vegas wasn't enough. Um, we uh, the CES is run by the uh, consumer electronics industry, and um, the, they've always had little kind of things around the world, but they've absolutely uh, bumped this thing up to a proper CES level. Now, my read of the kind of floor plan is it's nowhere near as big as the Las Vegas CES, um, but it's certainly a, a reasonable size uh, show, um, and this is you know it's a big deal. They've um, you know you've got you know, Samsung, Volkswagen, uh, Lincoln, Ford, a um, whole bunch of companies. So very similar to what we've seen with the Las Vegas CES. 
but I guess there'll be a, a and obviously the Asian region will be the focus. So I'm going to go as a guest of Ford. Um, I'm only going to be on the ground for, I don't know, 30 hours to have a quick look. Um, I, that's a Monday. It's a Monday, Tuesday event. I'll be there. This is uh, in a couple of weeks from now. It's about the 24th, 25th of June. Um, sorry, of May. It's in May. I'm looking at the website going, oh my gosh, that's not the right day. May 25 to 27. So I'm going to pop in on May 25, have a little look on May 26. And this is in Shanghai. Uh, and then I will board a plane. My goodness me, I hope it's a quality one. Um, to Beijing. Uh, and I will attend Lenovo World. Now, Lenovo World is the the company's first big run at a kind of, you know, huge-scale keynote-style um, concept. This is going to be held at one of the Olympic venues, and it's going to be a week of, yeah, I mean, talks and, and updates on the company, but also a showcase of all their products to come, uh, we're going to get a look inside uh, their innovation center. There's going to be a lot of cool stuff, and um, I'm bringing a, a cameraman with me. We're going to do a bunch of really cool videos, so hopefully you'll be able to see those both on EFTM social channels and, and on Lenovo, Australian New Zealand social channels. So we're doing some great stuff with Lenovo because it's a great brand, great, great products, and uh, you know, I really, really want you to see some of the things they've got to, to show. And obviously, you know, the, the story of the company is, is monumental because they've come from kind of nothing to to being a, a world leader in uh, in computers. So both those things coming up in a couple of weeks, obviously internet links and all those kind of things pending. Uh, the podcast will come to you live uh, from those events and uh, I'm pretty confident uh, Stephen Fennick will join me at Lenovo World. So we'll probably do a version of two blokes talking tech from Beijing, which will be quite lovely. So uh, look forward to having uh, your company with us across the uh, the coming weeks as we uh, make our way to Shanghai and Beijing for uh, CES Asia and Lenovo World. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long. Play harder, work smarter, live better. The GPS smartwatch for the active lifestyle is the Garmin Vivo Active. We showed this very briefly on the Today Show last week as a part of the look at all, a whole bunch of um, smartwatches. Um, This has got built-in sports apps, smart notifications, and, of course, GPS technology, which you would expect from Garmin. Um, Three-week battery, calculates your steps, your calories, your heart rate with a heart rate monitor also. Uh, readable very easily in the sunlight. It's got all the things you expect from the Vivo range of products, the, the Move Bar, uh, links into all the uh, apps that you can have. But critically, built into the watch, uh, running, golf, bike, movement, and swimming apps. So this thing will count your time, your distance, and your stroke when swimming. It'll tell you the whole number, par, and distance to the green when you're playing golf. It'll be your scorecard while you're playing golf. Uh, it'll have a lap counter and interval training for running, as well as time, distance, pace, and calories. The uh, Vivo Active is a uh, very nice, very light, very thin uh, smartwatch from the good folk at Garmin. And uh, if you want to see more of that product, check it out at Garmin. Dot com dot au. Talking technology without the jargon. Your, Your tech, tech life with Trevor Long. If you've got a question, a problem, or goodness knows what it might be, if you want to have a chat about anything technology in your life, just jump on the phone, one 800 or go to the website, eftm.com.au. Andrew's done that. G'day, mate. How are you doing? Good, Trevor. How are you? Very well. What can I do for you, bud? Um, we're doing a uh, knockdown rebuild, and um, I've... Fortunately, going to have a, a media room, and I, I just wanted uh, your thoughts on 
the best way to sort of make it into a bit of a sports bar in terms of multiple screens or um, or, or multiple inputs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, just want to be able to watch, you know, a few different games of a few of the different codes of, of, of football um, at the same time. How big's the room going to be? Uh, six by five. Six by five, so kind of uh, double garage. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's a decent size uh, games room, man. How what what compromise have you made with your other half to ensure that that occurs? <laughs> um, the compromise I've made is um, I'm letting her her mother move in with us. That's a pretty massive compromise. <laughs> I'm sure she's lovely. Let's not go there. Um, okay, yeah. so that's fun, mate. That's I mean that's a really really exciting thing. The number one thing I did. And look, my space is, is a lot smaller than that. It's, it's kind of not quite half a garage. Um, we had this double garage space. The garage doors were nowhere big enough to easily drive a, a car into. It would have been, you know, really tentative and it just would have been a nightmare. We got a big driveway, so there was no need. Plus, I needed a space. So I got my brother-in-law to build just two walls and, and create a box. And from there, it all went downhill. Uh, uphill for me, downhill for everyone else. But the number one thing I did was um, was... And are you, are you literally building from scratch or are you renovating? Is it a complete new uh, building? No, building, building from scratch. So the number one thing is, is in those original electrical plans, just working out what end of the room things are going to be at um, and, you know, just concentrating a whole bunch of power at that end. So I've got on where my kind of studio end here is with computer and all of them. I've got like, I think it's eight double PowerPoints under the desk. And at the other end of the oh, room wow. where I've got the TV, I've got six double PowerPoints in a slightly more concentrated form. So, you know, in a box of like uh, two rows of three as opposed to eight all in one row under the desk. Because, mate, the number one thing you want to avoid is power boards. And, right. and that's, that's just critical because they take up space. And then the second thing you want to do is work out. So you've worked out which wall, for example, is the kind of primary TV wall. And, you know, I don't know how much money you've got or how much expense you're going to be able to go to over time, but consider the idea that one day you might get a projector. So you might have one wall that is, you know, this huge screen, and on an adjacent wall or opposite wall, you might have a separate, slightly smaller screen. Um, So think about that and then determine where the brains of the whole thing is going to be because you've got to have a place where, you know, your Foxtel box sits, your PlayStation or your Xbox, your you know, DVD player, whatever the, the boxes might be that aren't built into the TV or projector. And what I did was was pick that spot and then wire from there to anywhere. So basically I've got wall plates. You can get wall plates that do HDMI, that do network, that do all those different things so that you can kind of move about a bit. But most importantly, you don't need to have cables running everywhere. You've, you've really got, you know, your Foxtel comes in, you can get a little little cabinet or a, or a rack to make sure all your equipment's in there, and then you want to have a nice output from that that says, well, here I'm, I'm going to then patch a HDMI cable from the back of the Foxtel box into the wall, and then all the, all the wiring's behind, this, behind the wall so that the, the, that HDMI will terminate at two points. It'll terminate at one TV or another or both. Do you know what I mean? So get, it all, get yeah. all the wiring done inside the walls. And that's right, the okay. neatest solution you can have to anything. Um, in this day and age, the beautiful thing is, you know, with Chromecast, for example, and Apple TVs, you know, I'd be, I'd actually be relying on wireless for so much stuff. So I'd have a primary TV where, you know, everything is Foxtel and all that kind of stuff. And I'd make that the biggest TV or the projector, whatever you can do. 
And then I'd have another TV, which was, which was, you know, maybe had a Chromecast and an Apple TV going into it or something so that you can use that for the odd thing. So you might have that, you know, uh, one, a single seater chair that faces that so that you don't have to watch a big projector all the time. You can just, you know, whack a movie on and, and, or a different sport, whatever it might be. But remember, you know, watching two different sports means are they both on free to air? Is one of them on Foxtel? If they're both on Foxtel, you need two Foxtel boxes. Right, right. Complicated, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, I'm, I, I find that there's usually several games on free to air with different codes. Yes. Anyway, but, but I, I, I was thinking I'd have to bite the bullet and get Foxtel sooner or later anyway. Yeah, no, totally. Um, I, if you're going to put this much effort into a room, um, you're going to want Foxtel. Even if it's just that one box in that room that's high definition with the sports packages, maybe you're up for, so it's 50, the base with the sport, and then HD might be 10 or 15 on top of that. So $65-odd gets you the HD sport package. You know, that's, you know, on a big screen TV, it's it's literally beautiful. I mean, it really is. Fox Sports HD is literally stunning to watch. It's it's an, a phenomenal quality. Um, right. And the other thing to do then is is think about, Network, you know, obviously, um, is that the the absolute communications hub of the of the of the home? Um, is that though on one end of the home? Do you, have you got the floor plan? Uh, yeah, it's kind of in the middle of the house at at the bottom of the, the bottom story. Yeah, right. Well, so it's not a bad place then to have as the communications hub as well. So, for example, if you get the Foxtel cable brought into that spot, then you could get cable internet. Get yourself a you know super decent you know router, and so that becomes the location where all the home gets its Wi-Fi from. But don't stop yourself from putting a couple of Cat Five or Cat Six cables, the network cables, in to, for example, your main lounge room where the TV is going to be in the main lounge room. Um, you know maybe upstairs if there's any um, you know parents retreat or any other key rooms in the house. Uh, you know where the mother-in-law is, just just so that there's connectivity wired in other places so that for example if you can paint a picture my place um my my office is bottom right of the house as you as you're looking at it um this is where the internet is but then i've got a cable uh, a cat six network cable running to the complete other end of the house and what i do is i patch that into my router and then i have another little little switch down there so i've got five things plugged into the internet down there so they're all wired not wireless, because Foxtel box, Xbox, PlayStation, TV, you don't want those things wireless. They're better off wired. Right, right, okay. Excellent. So really, picking the, the electrician who's going to do the work on the house, even if it's not the, I mean, I don't know what sort of house or how it all works these days with homes, but maybe the builder does, you know, the base level stuff, just basically engage the services of a you know, more savvy electrician, a kind of network-based electrician, and you can see them. When, mate, when you drive around, you see a van that says electrician, and then you have one that says, you know, audio-visual networking electrician. That's the guy you want because he's right. the guy that when you say, mate, here's the plans uh, on, um, you know, June the 15th, the Giprock's coming in, so I need you to do all this wiring before that date, and I want you to help me plan it out. So X number of PowerPoints, you know, network cables, wherever you can, um, and, and the other thing is the HDMI, you know what I mean? Because HDMI is, yep. is not expensive in the build of a home, but it is a pain in the ass to put in later. So getting HDMI wall plates put in where you think any television is going to be 
and having them terminate back at a central point means that basically you walk up to that little central point and you go, you know what, I want the Foxtel to go into that TV now. You can unplug and plug it into the wall plate, let alone there'll be another solution to that, which is you know, electronic with a remote control. But it's, at its base level, I'd be putting in HDMI wall plates to, to every possible location in that little man cave you've got. Right. Excellent. Critically, Excellent. when it's done, I expect an invite. <laughs> I was actually going to suggest that in my email, Trevor, but I didn't want to come across as too forward. No, <laughs> mate, if there's a man cave to be to be seen uh, and a lounge to sit on and enjoy maybe some Formula One or MotoGP or something, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. All right, well, look, mate, uh, keep me in the loop. If, there's, if, if, you, if you find a bloke and you want to sense check what they say to you or whatever it might be, happy to, happy to help you either via the email or to help other people by listening as well. Um, but yeah, mate, enjoy it. So it's a one, like the funny thing is when we renovated this house, we, we didn't knock it down. We just, you know, gutted the joint. Um, we didn't live here for three months and the, my office was the first thing we did. <laughs> so <laughs> it was, um, so I'd sit in here and then I'd walk out and the house was just gutted. It was, there was no floors. The painting, it was hilarious because I'd finished my bit first. <laughs> Highly recommended that way too. <laughs> Fantastic. Yeah, no, look, if you don't mind, I might send you a few more emails over, over the coming months and uh, uh, that'll be great. No worries, buddy. Stay well. Thanks, Trevor. You too. And uh, if you've got a question about technology or you're planning a man cave, let's talk. Uh, EFTM.com.au. Well, it's uh, what it's been nearly two weeks uh, since the Apple Watch landed on my wrist and in the uh, courier uh, delivery boxes of many hundreds, if not thousands, of Australians. And it's been a fun device to play with. But one of the challenges with the device is finding people to communicate with because there are certain features you can you can use as an Apple Watch owner only to other Apple Watch owners. And uh, that was fun on the first day. And there was one person I knew who had one on the first day because he was tweeting about his career arrival, and that's a regular caller, long-time listener, Rob. G'day, Rob. How you doing, bud? Good, Trevor. How are you? Mate, pretty well. Um, it was an interesting kind of first day, wasn't it, uh, discovering what it would do? Inch- probably more interesting for you because I had a 45-minute briefing on every single bloody thing about it, whereas you just took it out of the box and went, well, how's this all work? How long did it take you well, to get, you know, get under- understand what it all did? Well, I think um, it only took a matter of seconds to re- really set it up with the phone. Mm. Um, and once once it was done that through the app, um, it was fairly seamless, I'd have to say. The uh, the apps that I had on my phone that were ready to go appeared magically on the watch. Mm. Um, so it was just a really matter of sitting down, uh, setting up the customization of the watch face I wanted, and, and uh, yeah, it went from there. So what do you reckon after... A couple of weeks. And you know what's really interesting? I'm not wearing one right now. Um, I, here's, this is my number one thing about the watch thus far after two weeks. And I haven't written my review yet because I, I just think you can't really be sure about a product until you've spent this long with it. Um, the thing is, I've always worn a watch. So um, the, other, the, the converse to that is Paul Murray who, who on Sky News, who's a mate of mine. He never wore a watch. And so I don't think he would suffer from this problem. But when I get home... My inclination, we walk in our front door and there's this little, um, uh, you know, white set of drawers and it's where Amanda said, this is where I've got to put all my crap because she's sick of me leaving it lying around the house. So wallet comes out, keys go in there, sunglasses in there, and my watch comes off and I've got like 10 watches just laying around in this drawer of mine. 
That's my habit, yeah. which I've not been doing because, A, I don't want a $1,500 watch lying around clinking amongst some other ones. And, B, you have this thing where you're meant to kind of use it all the time and see it all the time. But I actually feel better tonight not having it on. And But the problem was I had to make sure I went upstairs, put it on the charge next to my bedside because otherwise I forget about it. It's dead tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, th- I think I was in the same place as uh, Paul Murray. I, I never wore a watch and, and I'd wanted a watch for a while. And I was sort of holding out for this one because I, a, I wanted a watch, and b, I wanted something that was cool and 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 gave me notifications and all the rest of it. Offset your so, normal norm, normal personality, mate. You wanted something that was cool. <laughs> yeah. So I sort of held out um, longer than I probably wanted to just for this watch. Um, I don't think it's I don't think it's a watch that's going to replace all other watches. No. I think it's a, I think it's a watch for people that probably don't wear watches and and want an excuse to wear a watch, I suppose. Yeah. What though what about the charging thing? Um I've I've I, it's a funny thing. I think uh you know eighteen hour battery is a lot better than a two and a half day battery because I know I must charge it every day. Like in, yes. in with a two and a half day on some of the Android wares <clears throat> excuse me. You might get to a day and go, oh, crap, I didn't charge it last night, and you only get halfway through the day. This thing must be charged every night. But again, I come back to the thing, we, we don't, we're just throwing it on this little charger thing on the bedside table. You just tweeted me, actually, a picture of some cases, some, some stands and things. That's really what oh, we need are these stands, because otherwise, it's just a really clumsy charging experience. 100% clumsy is the, is the word for it. And I'm really comfortable with the, with the day charging. I could easily get two days out of it. But right, it's, just, okay. it's just simple enough just to, just to throw it on a charger when I put my phone on the charger for the night. Um, and then I get up in the morning and, and put the phone in my pocket and, and the watch on my wrist. So mm. it's, not a, it's not a huge change to my routine. Number one benefit of having the watch, do you think? Uh, I think the one number one benefit is uh, the notifications and messages and phone calls. I can have my phone on silent um, and just have the tap tri- taptic uh, notification on my wrist that my phone's ringing mm. um, without it waking or, or interfering with the rest of the household as such. Do you find you literally are looking at your phone less? Um, oh, to be honest, I, I still feel, I'm still in the habit of um, checking my phone a little bit for notifications rather yeah. than uh, referring to my watch. Um, I guess that'll become less and less as, as the more I wear it. Um, See, I find the find notifications a bit confusing because if, you, if you're if you talking to someone and you get a, get a little tap on the wrist, you turn and you get a notification of a text and you look away, the notification is no longer, no longer on the, um, like it's no longer on the, uh, on the screen of your phone, you know, they used to always yes. be there, but because you've seen it, it, it disappears very quickly. Yeah, it's kind of, it um, yeah, it's kind of an interesting one. One thing that, uh, that, that does confuse me somewhat is uh, on occasion I'll get, I'll get the notification or message on my watch and not on my phone, and other times it'll come through my watch first, and sorry, my phone first, and then my watch, some, there's a delay, there's a lag there. Um, so it's not always seem, it's almost like it goes to what I used last to read my last message mm. in some ways. Yeah, th- so this, this is the thing. I, I actually think a little bit of the refinement of it is actually just in software. Um, mm. I think with a lot of feedback and also data. See, 
don't don't forget. Apple kind of probably know every, how many times everyone's looked at their watch and all that kind of stuff just through basic data gathering. And that's the kind of stuff that they'll have to have to understand and, and improve. Oh, look, and to be clear, yeah. I bloody love it. I think it's amazing. I think the biggest challenge is, though, I don't think any of the apps are absolutely great yet. I think the Woolies one is fun. No. Um, I think the, the Oz TV one is excellent because, you know, you can just glance at your wrist and find out what's on. The, uh, and yeah. I know you live in the country, but in the city, TripView is brilliant. You know, I'm just walking down and I can just see when the next train is. Uber yes. is sensational. You just turn, you press a button and you've got a cab. But I'll tell you my last gripe, and I know I've been a bit negative, but I'm just trying to bring out the realities of the Apple Watch, is when, you, when you do go into the apps, I find myself not, I just want to go back to the clock. And I know that you can kind of yep. cover the wrist and then bring it back and it's there, but there's no one button. There's not, not a home button because when you're in the apps, you press, oh. the, you press the digital crown, you press it again, it brings you to the center of the apps, you press it again, it brings you to the, um, the watch. That, that brings, that, that's a valid point. I think this, the second button that actually brings up your favorite contacts, I really think that should be a, a uh, optional. You should be able to um, preset that button to whatever you think you should want it to do, yes. whether it be go to your favorite app or, or do your favorite thing like return double, to the watch face. Double click for friends, one click for home, watch face, you know? Yeah, exactly right. I think um, you, you know those buttons you have on the Rolls Royce that you'll be you're able to toggle to whatever whatever you call yes. soft keys. Yeah, yeah. I think that's that that second button should be 100 percent optional optionalisation through the uh, through the app. Love the comparison of an Apple Watch to a Rolls Royce. <laughs> good, good, good <laughs> plug in there, mate. It changed my mind when I was when I was thinking about all the things I like <laughs> and dislike about it. So what? Let me let me ask this on uh, design out of ten. Design, I'd have to give it a 9 out of 10 for design. I think it's a beautiful device. Usability? Um, usability, I think I think it's a 6. I, I think it's still got a little way to go. Mm. Um, and software. And you, uh, you're still happy you did it? Uh, yeah, I am because I, I wanted a watch. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I, I am a little bit underwhelmed, in all honesty. Mm. Um I think um, just those little things that we spoke about, if they're a little bit more finessed in, in the how apps opened and, and, and notifications, I think it would be a lot better. I couldn't agree more, and um, I think most of that will be the kind of stuff that I cover in my review because I think it's um, they're the things that I find on a daily basis just using it and uh, loving it. But I also find myself just wanting to go back to my normal watch now and then. And I find myself, yeah. um, I, you know, learning more about it as I go. You know, simple things like I only just realized in the last few days that you swipe down on a notification, it disappears. I tell, I, you know, actually, let me give you, there's two, num, two top things for this, for this device. First one I've mentioned before is on the metal link band, the ability to change the size and re, re, resize it yourself is stunning. Just brilliant innovation. Uh, the second yeah. thing is when you push and force touch the screen, on notifications, you can clear all notifications. Uh, memo to Tim yeah. Cook: You can't do that on an iPhone. No, that that that, that is a that is a. I found that a couple of days after I had the watch, and uh, you know, I was glad I did because it made life a little that little bit simpler. Mm, very good. All right, Rob. Good to get your thoughts. Yeah, hundred percent. I think. Um, um, I think that's all I was going to say. I was going to say something else, but it, it, it escapes me. 
Well, it'll it'll come up in a notification. <laughs> no, actually, I remember what I was going through. One of the criticisms has been that it's not waterproof. I, I just don't think that's a, a particular big feature, a no. big problem as far as watch goes, in my no. opinion. I agree, I agree. Hey, uh, just just tell me, do, do you know anyone else, or is it only me that you have got? You can send silly pictures to? <laughs> no, it's, a, it's only you, Trevor. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know any... Everyone wants to look at it, but no one wants to go and buy one. <laughs> I learned very quickly today how to draw a um, someone sticking their finger up because I, I sent that to Harry Tucker from News Limited just for fun. Um, most <laughs> well, of the, I'm, no good, I'm no good at them. Most of the photos, most of the drawings I've had have been, um, what shall we say, lured. Um, you know, yeah, not not for public consumption. Do you think, do you think the uh, the the sketches is so, a stupidly that bad Apple gimmick? The gimmick, yeah. I think it's a massive gimmick. The heartbeat, I've got to tell you, mate, 16 people could send me their heartbeat. Sounds feels the same every time. I, I, I'm not yeah. even sure it's genuine. Yeah. <laughs> so. Very good. All right, buddy. Thanks for the chat and uh, keep in touch as always. Good, man. Thanks, Trev. So I mentioned at the start that I would update you on some podcasts. Um, I have been very honest over the years. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts and I know that sounds ridiculously strange given I record two a week and I am well close to the 500 mark in terms of total. Oh my goodness. I should count them now. Shouldn't I? No, 206. We're a few weeks away from 500. Um, <clears throat> but still it's soon. Uh, total podcast, including Your Tech Life and uh, Two Bikes Talking Tech, not counting Chip for Brains, the old uh, radio show on 2GB. But uh, I, I guess I, I'm, I'm a very natural radio listener. I've worked in the radio industry for so long, I, I still listen to the radio on the way to work and normally on the way home. And when I'm listening to something else, it's normally just my own music. I have like five songs on repeat and I just love listening to the same ones and I interchange them now and then. But I have uh, recently kind of been playing around with Pocket Casts a bit more to try and get the most of the app. Um, and so I've, I've kind of rationalized my, um, my podcast subscriptions in there. Not, and I really don't have many. I obviously have subscribed to my own, but only so I can get notifications. Um, big fan of Hamish and Andy, but they're not back on the air yet. Um, for, uh, and I've mentioned a couple of these before, but I've discovered a new one this week I'll get to in a minute. But um, Paul and Rach is, is one of my favorites in terms of just something that gives you that FM radio style experience in a raw podcast that is just a bunch of fer- bunch of fun with with two friends uh, recording a regular podcast. So, search for Paul and Rach R A C H. Um, if it and the next sorry then before I get into the language ones the ones that have complained a bit of language, uh, Osher Gunsberg, the uh, formerly known as Andy Andrew G uh, from Australian Idol and those kind of places, now the host of The Bachelor. Um, is uh is a top class broadcaster he's he's done everything from tv to radio um and he has a, a weekly uh show where he just sits and interviews someone just sits and chats now he interviewed tara reed recently he interviewed maz compton the uh, one half of the dan and maz duo on the today fm uh, breakfast show it was just such a refreshing conversation that this is a really good one to listen to just a whole bunch of some very famous some very random people who you may not have heard of but you'll get to know um, really good to listen to in, in the car. If you're a media nerd or a radio nerd like me specifically, um, I'll give these bikes a plug. Uh, Matt and Bruno, The Probe. So it's actually called Matt and Bruno, The Probe. Uh, mattandbruno.com is the website. Now, 
these are blokes that, are, like me, produced a bunch of radio, and they specifically produced the Today FM Breakfast Show for many years. So it's got some big names here. They've interviewed Ben Ford and Ross Stevenson, Peter Ford, Amanda Kelly, uh, Amanda Keller, Jane Kennedy, Jackie O, Brennan Jones, Merrick Watts, Kyle Sandilands, and Richard Reed. And I've got to tell you, they're very because they're mates with these people. They it's a very very open exchange of, of conversation. I think my favourite was Peter Ford because he just unleashed it. it was excellent. This week's discovery, though, was a bit random to me, and um, and it was Mark Boris, uh, formerly Wizard Home Loans, now Yellow Brick Road, host of The Apprentice on Channel 9, markburris.com.au, B-O-U-R-I-S, Mark Burris. Um, the Mark Burris podcast has been out now for four weeks. I've listened to all four of them the last um, 24 hours, um, and they're excellent. Um, a couple of reasons. One, um, and this is small business, really, or business or, or finance nerds, um, I'm not a finance nerd. I don't understand most of it, but I do enjoy hearing from kind of inspirational, motivational business uh, people, but not, if I'm honest, not not wankers who are kind of entrepreneurial, uh, you know, all about startups. This guy's an everyday bloke who's made it good and has good advice from his dealings with people like Kerry Packer, let alone anyone else. Now, um, he, this is him just standing in a studio and naturally chatting. So, can drop the f bomb and 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 lay some other swear words here and there, but it's with the greatest respect to to people swearing. It's it's the natural style of swearing that you and I might do in our everyday lives. He's just happy to be doing it in a podcast because it it wants to sound and needs to sound natural. Um, I actually met with Mark Bruce a couple of times last year to talk about some of the products that he's he's working on uh, with his uh, technology company TZ, uh, including the Atom uh, parcel lockers, which you might see around the place. Um, I'll get, I'm going to get to, to putting a story together on those soon, but the bloke's just fed income. He's every day. Like I, I absolutely enjoyed the, the two meetings I had with him. He, he, he really tells it like it is and very passionate about this, these products that he has. And that's essentially what he, what he brings across in this podcast. So yeah, I, I have never binged a podcast before yet. I binged all four episodes of the Mark Boris podcast and um, can only recommend it to you. So if you are looking for something new to listen to, maybe one of those, or maybe the Mark Boris podcast, which you probably haven't discovered uh, like me until today. Um, highly recommended. Good fun listening, um, but not safe for the kids, most of those, if I'm honest. Uh, Osher Gunsberg is probably okay to listen to with the kids, but not really any of the others. Um, uh, if you are listening in the car with the kids, hi, kids. Hi. Uncle Trev says hi. He doesn't really say bad words. Um, and uh, wherever you are, thank you for listening. If you want to get in touch, and please do, um, because it is lovely to hear from you. Lovely. If you've got a question, a problem, or you want to have a chat about anything technology in your life, go to the website, eftm.com.au, anytime you like. Send me an email, or you can call one eight hundred one five seven one five seven. leave a message. We'll get to you, I promise. Uh, that has been your Tech Life episode 282. Thanks to the good people at Garmin. Please support the the people that sponsor these podcasts because it makes it um, worthwhile for them as it does uh, for me getting the show out to you each and every week. Garmin.com.au. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. We'll be back next week. Your Tech Life with Trevor Long.